0: Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more so it's really been helping me reach people that i can't go to their house and actually teach them a bible study so it's everything you need in the podcast in one place the best of all anchor and it's totally free so download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started welcome to the word bible study with pastor dan i'm here with the family say hi everybody morning I am excited to go through a Bible study today with the family. I hope you have yours with you, because we are going through the Bible. sir. Well, We just finished up the book of Matthew, and now we are starting in the book of Mark. You guys excited to see it? I am so excited this morning. So we know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four of the apostles showing their own point of view through the inspirational Holy Ghost in the Bible. So we just heard all of Matthews. Now we're about to hear what Mark has to say about it. So let's start in chapter 1. John the Baptist prepares the way. So you guys know who John the Baptist is, right? Yeah. He was a prophet. This is going to tell us all about him. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. The messenger was John the Baptist. John was in the wilderness and preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God for forgiveness. So repenting is turning to God and turning away from the world. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes was woven of coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. Remember, we talked about that, I believe. And for food, he ate locusts and wild honey. Mm -hmm. So he ate grasshoppers and honey, and he wore camel's hair and and a leather belt. Wild honey, Wild honey, yeah. (laughs) John announced, "Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am." So much greater that I am not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps on his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, that's really good. So they were all coming out and confessing their sins to John the Baptist. Wow. Now, the baptism and temptation of Jesus. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly beloved Son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for forty days he went out among the wild animals and the angels took care of him later on after john was arrested jesus went to into galilee where he preached the good news the time promised by god has come at last he announced the kingdom of god is near repent from your sins and believe the good news Mm -hmm. one day as jesus went walking along the shore of galilee he saw simon and his brother andrew throwing their nets into the water for they were fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, Jesus saw Jebedee's sons, James and John, in the boat preparing their nets. He called to them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. Can you imagine living in a town called Capernaum? Where are you from? Capernaum. Capernaum. I don't know. We're kind of from Belleville. That's kind of crazy, too, if you weren't used to it. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed with an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, Be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly it has such authority even evil spirits obey his orders the news about jesus spread throughout the entire region of galilee after jesus left the synagogue with james and john they went to simon and andrew's home now simon's mother-in-law was in bed sick with a high fever and they told jesus about her right away so he went to her bedside took her by the hand and helped her set up and the fever left her and she prepared a meal for them That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Wow, so the demons knew who he was, and he didn't let them speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray later Simon and the others went out to find him when they found him they said everyone is looking for you but Jesus replied we must go to the towns as well and I will preach to them too that is why I came so they traveled throughout the region of Galilee preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus begging to be healed if you are willing you can heal me and make me clean he said Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. Instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anybody about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. And he had to stay out in the secluded places. But the people from everywhere kept coming to him. Chapter 2 Then Jesus returned to Capernaum. Several days later, the news spread quickly that he, had gone back, he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole in the roof above his head, and they lowered the man in on a mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law, who were sitting there, thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question in your hearts? Is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, Your your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. As They all, they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at a tax collector's booth follow me and be my disciple jesus said to him so levi got up and followed him later levi invited jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners there were many people of this kind among jesus's followers but when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come not to call those who are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Once, when John's disciples and Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? And Jesus replied, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing on new cloth? for the new patches would shrink and rip away from the old clothing leaving an even bigger tear than before and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. One Sabbath day as Jesus was walking through some grain fields his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat but the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, what they're, they're breaking the law and harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? They went into the house of God during the day when Avatar was the high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the high priests were allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions then jesus said to them the sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the sabbath so the son of man is lord even over the sabbath wow. jesus went into the synagogue this is mark 3 jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand since it was the sabbath Jesus' enemies watched him closely If he heals the man's hand, they plan to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? This is the day to save life or to destroy it. But they wouldn't answer him. So he looked around at them angrily and deeply saddened by their hard hearts. And he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot to kill Jesus. So that guy had a a bad arm just like yours, Victor. He He had a hurt arm just like Lefty. Victor's got a hurt arm because he was born with CP, yeah. but Jesus is healing his he arm too. And my, my mom when I was in my stomach, and now my arm and my leg is bad. Yeah, but Jesus. But, but it, says right right here, legs, it says right here. It says right here that Jesus healed him, right? So if Jesus healed him, he can heal you, right? Yeah. Yep. Jesus said, "Stretch out your arm and be healed." Amen. Yeah, we're going to stretch your arm every day, and Jesus is going to heal it too. Amen. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Edema, and east of the Jordan River, and even as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles spread far and wide, and the vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He had healed many people that day, and all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And even those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him. The spirits would throw them on the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God! But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Afterwards, Jesus went up to the mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him and they came with him then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles they were to ac- to accompany him and he would send them out to preach giving them authority to cast out demons these were the 12 that he chose Simon who was named Peter James and John the son of Zebedee and Jesus nicknamed them the sons of thunder That's like you boys. You guys are my sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Titius, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him. One time, Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. Soon, he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening they tried to take him away he's out of his mind they said but the teachers of religious law who had arrived from jerusalem said he's possessed by satan the prince of demons that's where he gets the power to cast out demons and jesus called them over and responded with an illustration how can satan cast out satan he asked a kingdom divided by civil war will collapse similarly a family splintered by feuding will fall apart And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter into a house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I tell you the truth. All sin and blasphemy can be forgiven. But anyone who uh, blasphemes... (laughs) Blasphemes... Blasphemes... Anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying he's possessed by an evil spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brother came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk to them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and brother are outside asking for you. And Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who is my brothers? Then he looked around at those with him and said, Look, these are my mothers and my brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Mark chapter 4. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat, and he sat in the boat a while. All the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling them many stories in, front, in forms of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant seeds as he scattered it across the field. Some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlining rocks. The seeds sprouted up quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted in the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seeds fell among thorns, and they grew up and choked out the tender plants, so that they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, where they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was thirty, sixty, and even a 100 times as much as they had been planted. Then he said, Anyone with ears to hear, listen, and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples, and the others were gathered around, They asked him what the parable meant, and he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they would turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell along the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth and the desire of other things. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Some people worry about money and they worry about life, and they don't pay attention to God's word. Right. right. Then Focus Jesus, on, what? Focus on, you know, what he wants you to do in their life. Yeah, we should be focused on doing God's will. Then God asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. The lamp is placed on a stand, where its light will shine, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought into the light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand." Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teachings, more understanding will be given. But to those who do not listen, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Jesus also said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scattered seeds on the ground night and day. While he is asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crop on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of the wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, and the harvest time has come. Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows like branches, and a bird can make a nest in its shade. Jesus used similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables, but afterwards, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, a furious storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill up with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silent, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. That's amazing, guys. Even the waves and the wind obey him. Wow. And I do want to point out to you guys, it's important too that Jesus spoke to the wind and to the waves. Like yeah. sometimes when there's a storm in our lives, we want to pray and talk. But Amen. we should be like Christ and we should talk to the problems in our life. Speak with authority. Yeah, so if, the we don't, if we're having an issue with something, we tell it yeah, to move. Sure. We tell the mountain to move. If we're feeling sick, I tell the sickness, leave my body in Jesus' name. Because that's how Jesus did it. And we're supposed to be like him, right? All right, so let's continue on. We're going to keep going in chapter 5 here. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Garrison. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. And for Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside of this man. The evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them into some distant place There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby Send us into the pigs the spirit begged Let us enter them So Jesus gave them permission And the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs And the entire herd was about two thousand pigs Plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water The herdsmen fled To the nearby towns and the surrounding countrysides, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus as they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. The crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone as jesus was getting into the boat a man who had been possessed begged him to go with him. but jesus said no go home to your family and tell them everything the lord has done for you and how merciful he has been so the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things jesus had done for him and everyone was amazed at what he had told them isn't that crazy so we learn a couple things from that for one evil spirits can possess animals Mm because he sent them into the pigs so we know that that's true we know that Jesus has the ability to command the spirits what to do and they have to obey him so there's a lot of cool things that we learn here from these scriptures and Jesus casting out the spirit actually caused everybody in the town to be scared of him because that's how much power he had they were like Oh my goodness! We're like they—they they viewed it like God was in their presence. Right. That's why they were scared. Just like people are scared whenever they see God, we like get—it's it, filled with like a fear of God because He's so powerful and so amazing. So Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around Him on the shore. Then a leader from the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived and. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at the crowd pressing it around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. <clears throat> then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell on her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And, she, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, the messengers arriving arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and told him, Your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing he went inside and asked why all this commotion and weeping the child isn't dead she's only asleep the crowd laughed at him and he made them all leave then he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying holding her hand he said to her tabitha kahum, which means little girl get up and the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed jesus gave them strict orders do not tell anyone what had happened and then he told them to give her something to eat isn't that crazy but did you notice that jesus called her by name and told her what to do all right continuing now mark 6 jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to nazareth his hometown The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. And they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, Judas and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. So you hear that, guys? Yeah. Not believing in Jesus will stop miracles from happening in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jesus couldn't even do miracles in his hometown because they wouldn't believe in him. Then Jesus went to the village from village to village teaching the people and he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them the authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag and no money. He allowed them to wear the sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. Wherever you go, he said, stay in the same house until you leave town. But if any place refuses to welcome you or to listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned these people to their fate. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent from their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people anointing them with olive oil. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Some were saying, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. Others said, he's the prophet Elijah. Still others said, he's a prophet like other great prophets of the past. When King Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I beheaded must have come back from the dead. But Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor for Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her and John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless for Herod respected John. And knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he would talk to John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias's chance finally came at Herod's birthday. He gave a party and his high government officials, army officers, and leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guests. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask up to half my kingdom. So she went out and asked her mother, what should I ask for? And her mother told her, ask for John the Baptist's head. So the girl hurried back into the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said, but because of the vow he had made in front of his guests, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldiers beheaded John in the prison and brought the head on a tray and gave it to the girl who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. The apostles returned to Jesus from the ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught then jesus said let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while he said this because they were there were so many people coming and going that jesus and his disciples didn't even have time to eat so they left by boat to a quiet place where they could be alone but many people recognized them and saw them leaving and the people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd so he began teaching them many things late that afternoon his disciples came to him and said this is a remote place and it's already getting late send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat but Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy all these people food. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 and 100s. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Belsidia. While he sent the people home, after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hill by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped, and they were totally amazed, and they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gesneret. They brought the boat to shore and climbed out, and the people recognized Jesus at once. And they ran throughout the whole area, carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, in, in villages, cities, or in the countryside... They brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. Chapter 7, everyone. We're getting there. We're actually moving pretty fast today. This next part is about Jesus teaching about inner purity. Something we all need in life. Right, guys? Right. One day some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus they noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the jewish ritual of washing their hands before they eat uh oh so they saw him eating and they didn't wash their hands you guys wash your hands before you eat oh uh, yeah every time no what these Pharisees no, really not. these Pharisees wouldn't like you guys The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as a requirement by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market unless it has been immersed with their hands in water. This is but one of the many traditions that they cling to as their ceremonial washing of cups and pitchers and kettles So the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law ask him, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old traditions? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremonies. So let's see what Jesus has to say about washing your hands, okay? Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own traditions. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own traditions. For instance, Moses gave you the law from God, honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. What you said, it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own traditions. This is the only one example among many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It is not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes out from your heart. So you hear that? Jesus is saying, it's it's not that it's bad to wash your hands. Of course we wash our hands when we eat. But you're not going to go to hell if you don't wash your hands. But you can go to hell for what comes out of your mouth. Like if if you're cursing people and you're being a bad person and you you say you don't love Jesus and you say you don't believe in God, that is something that can cause you to go to hell. But what you eat yeah. isn't going to make you go to heaven or hell. If your hands are dirty, if you're out hunting in the woods like me and you're trying to eat a piece of beef jerky and your hands are dirty, is that, God's not going to just send you to hell. But if you use your mouth in a bad way, it can cause you to go to hell. Because from your, from your mouth comes... Mm-hmm from your heart but when the Bible says well the Bible says out of your mouth speaks from your heart so when you say things it actually shows God what you feel in your heart that's why you got to be careful about what you say Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either, he asked? Can't you see that the food you put into your body can't defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart. It only passes through your stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. Then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. And from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Since she was a Gentile born in Syria, Felicia, Jesus told her first, I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take the food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, It's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plate. What do you guys think? Do I ever take your guys' food and give it to Lady, our dog? Well, I would... I take my food and give it to So the dogs can eat the scraps from the children's plates, huh? Right. You guys just proved that. <laughs> I don't know. I think Lady eats a lot from my plate. Yeah, Lady. I give lady, her. My good dog. dog <laughs> what dog will only eat looks like me and not yeah. eat bread. See, I'm just trying to be like Jesus watch Jesus is about to give this Gentile dog some good food that's how I treat my dog <laughs> good answer he said now go home for the demon has left your daughter and when she arrived home she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon where before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the ten towns A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on him and heal him. Jesus led him away from the crowd so that they could be alone. He put his fingers into the man's ears. Then, spitting on his own finger, he touched the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Epheliotho, which means, Be open. Instantly the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. At first I thought that scripture said that Jesus licked his finger and stuck it in the man's ear. And I was going to say Jesus made the first wet willy ever. <laughs> but he didn't. He touched his tongue. He said like the wet willy. You were thinking of wet willies too? <laughs> Jesus. You, you saw, you saw that. That's your funny. In your mouth and you put your finger in Yep, we almost gave Jesus credit for that. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. They just didn't write it down. Maybe that's how he healed the first <laughs> We just don't know about it. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. That's awesome. Everything God does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. That's amazing. All right, chapter number eight now. Let's read through this and say a little prayer, and then we'll wrap it up. About this time, another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people, for they have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? And Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. So again here, they have more bread this time than they had last time. These disciples are slow learners. (laughs) I guess that's easy to say now we're filled with the Holy Ghost when we have actually more spiritual insight than they did. But, so Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground, and then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces and gave them to his disciples, who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftovers of food. There were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into the boat with his disciples and crossed over to the region, Dalmanitha. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. They demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them and crossed over to the other side of the lake. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. And they had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. Again, these disciples are worrying about food. So as they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At that, they began to argue with each other because they didn't bring any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about not having enough bread? Don't you know and understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets were left over for you to pick up afterwards? Twelve, they said. And when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? He asked them. What he's saying is I fed more people with less food and had more left over. So we don't have to worry about taking care of things in our life. We can trust in Jesus. He can do things that don't even make sense in our life. Amen. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, Don't go back into the village on your way home. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up into the village near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. And others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? And Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later, he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples. Then he reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then calling the, the crowd and to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his father with the holy angels. All right guys, we're gonna stop here and we're gonna do some praying we're going to pick it up next time. We're going to continue. We'll be able to finish Mark and one more Bible study, guys. Isn't that exciting? Oh, wow, it's awesome. So, let's pray. Gather around. Pray with us. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our heart today, God. Let your word sink deep inside of us, God. That it be a light to our path, God. That it lead and guide us through this life. That we'll make good decisions based on what your word has taught us, God. That we will let this be a foundation in our life. That everything that we build will be based on your word, God. We thank you for this time here together, God. We thank you for everybody who's listening. That this will touch their lives and change who they are. That they will learn from your life, God, how they should live. We worship you and thank you for this great ministry, God. And for all the souls that you reach through it, God. That you'll touch everyone's life individually, Lord. We worship you and thank you you for everything you've done and everything you've given us today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Alright, thanks so much for listening. We love you all and we will be back soon. See you next time. Bye.